Welcome to Explain the Bible, where we explain the Bible. This is Daniel Jepson. Sometimes I'm joined by Nathan Beasley. We have two other podcasts you might want to check out, Philosophy and Faith and Pretty Good Sermons. Links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Hey, we are working through our series on the Lord's Prayer. And now we come to our line, give us this day our daily bread. So the prayer is, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So what does it mean to ask God for daily bread? Well, you know, this is one of those where people who want to spiritualize the Bible and make it a big analogy or a big puzzle have tried to spiritualize this. And they would say it means either Jesus as the bread of life or the communion bread. But I think John Calvin had it right when he said, "Uh, but these interpretations are absurd. (laughs) As usual, he was to the point. I think Luther had it right. The bread we ask for includes, quote, everything necessary for the preservation of this life, like food, a healthy body, good weather, house, home, spouse, children, good government, and peace. In other words, bread in this template of the Lord's Prayer stands as a symbol of all the blessings of this life or all the things that we need. Gotcha, gotcha. So mostly about necessity more than excess or luxury, that kind of thing, you'd say? Yes. And it's daily bread because back then, without preservatives or refrigeration or anything like that, you would actually go to the market and get bread every day. Yeah. That's interesting to think about how it would be different back then. I mean, now you just slap something on a credit card and go into debt if you don't have enough money. Right. You know, back then, more hand to mouth, I suppose. Yes, definitely. So why does Jesus teach us to pray in this way? What is it that praying for daily bread does in us? Yeah, and remember, this comes after the first three parts where we recognize God's greatness over us, that he is a good father, but his ways are much better. It's so we're aligning our wills with him. And then in that light, then we come to him with freedom as children to a father who knows what is good for us and desires to give that to us. And we ask, now, why does he do it this way? Why doesn't he just give us all the things we need apart from our asking or not? And I think a couple things. First of all, it teaches us that the good things in this life are a gift. And we need to remember that. They're not simply brute facts, random circumstances. They're given from someone with the goal of blessing us and helping us. I remember a, a Homer Simpson episode where he's asked to pray for the meal, and he says, Dear God, we paid for all this food ourselves, so thanks for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's humorous because it's obviously so crude and point blank, but that's kind of the way we operate, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's easy to forget because we're working and we're receiving the paycheck and we're depositing into that bank account and then we're spending that money, it's easy to forget that it goes beyond just the work that we do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I I like what Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18 reminds us. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. So yes, our wealth and our work grant us the bread, but where does the ability to create wealth and to work come from? So we're recognizing that. 
Yeah. All ability and intellect and even just the time and general health and those kinds of things are outside of our control. Yes. Yes. And whatever good gifts we have in terms of hard work, intelligence, whatever else, they're gifts. They're good gifts from God. So this is beautiful because it connects the, the daily bread that we receive to God's goodness and reminds us that he is a loving father. Right. Every time we receive food, we can, if we choose, receive it as a gift. Even though we know we paid for it, we're recognizing that the only reason we paid for it was because he created certain abilities and strengths within us. That's beautiful. Well, that's the first reason. Second, I think it reminds us that God delights in giving us good gifts. And we remember the first section we talked about our Father in heaven and how Jesus will delight to give good gifts to our children or to us just as we do to our children. And we need remembering that we have a Father who loves us deeply yeah. and he delights to do this. And I, I love this also, third point, that he does so in response to our simple requests. One of the things you read as you look at how Jesus tells us not to pray in the surrounding passages around us is to keep on repeating the same requests as if by repeating the same words or a whole lot of words, God's going to be more inclined to, to grant our request. Like there's some technique yeah. to get him to do what we want. And there's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not transactional. Exactly. And it's the, the phrase I've heard you say all the time, which I love, that God is not a cosmic vending machine. <laughs> Did you come up with that? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's uh, just just one of those. It's totally changed my perspective because I, I do think it's easy to go to the mentality of if I say the right things in the right way, then God will grant me <laughs> yeah. the things I want. And sure. and that's not. No. Nice. And sometimes for a good reason, because the things we ask for may not be best for us. Yeah, exactly. I remember also when I was a, a parent with young kids and we had we had three kids in two and a half years, so they were pretty close in age. And we got this game where I'd have a, a little treat in my hand. Maybe it was a piece of candy or a small toy or something. And, uh, you know, I was going to give it to them, but I would scrunch my fist up as tight as I could, and they had to peel my fingers off and get it out of my hand. And, of course, they couldn't do it by themselves. But when they got all three of them together, especially as they got a little bit older, then it became more of a challenge. And eventually I gave in anyway and just, yeah. you know, but it was a fun little game. I think sometimes we think God's like that, but not a game. Like he's holding back the blessings until we pray for it a whole lot or we do the right things yeah. or until we're good enough. Yeah. And no, I mean, that was a game for me. But God doesn't withhold things until we're good enough or we ask deeply enough or are repeated often enough. Yeah. We just ask. And if it's the right thing for us, he grants it. Yeah. And that, and that kind of leads to the question, though, of, uh, what about un unanswered prayer? Yeah. And that's a topic that could be its own podcast episode. But I think what helps me is just to remember that there was a time when the gap between my understanding and my children's understanding was huge. And I remember once uh, Joe asked for a flamethrower for Christmas. <laughs> and I think he was did you like, give it to him? No, in oh. fact, we did. I think he was like six. But he really wanted it. He did. He, he At the time, he thought that would be a good thing for him. And we recognize, right, that a parent of 30 or 35 and a child of, of five, they have a great gap in their understanding. But how much more, really, when we think about it, I think the gap is even bigger between 
our understanding and the Father's understanding. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He sees and understands things that we have no clue about. And even if we were perfectly pure in our will, our understanding still is not nearly comprehensive enough to know in the long term what's actually good for us. So that's helped me with unanswered prayer to know that, okay, sometimes a wise father chooses not to answer that prayer, at least at the time that I I asked it. It's interesting to see how both the answered prayers and the unanswered prayers can move us toward deeper trust in God and his timing and his plan and his process. Right. And one is a little bit more comfortable than the other, certainly. Sure. But both can be used as part of God's plan to move us towards trust. Yeah. And that's what this prayer is. It's an act of trust that I am not alone, a cosmic orphan in the universe. I have a father. Because he's a father, he doesn't always answer the way I want. But I can still come to him and trust his goodness and his wisdom and the process. Hey, thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button if you want to hear future episodes. And again, feel free to check out Philosophy and Faith and Pretty Good Sermons, our other podcasts. Bye now.